1: You're,
0: You're listening so too. to and A Mamma Mia podcast From Mamma Mia, I'm Claire Murphy and this is the holiday edition of The Quickie bringing back some of our favourite stories of this year We'll be back with brand new episodes from January 18 Until then, enjoy a selection of the stories that really made us think and feel as we navigated a crazy 2020 mm-hmm. From Mamma Mia. Hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to the Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Every day, there seems to be a new news headline claiming researchers have made a major new breakthrough in cancer treatment.
2: A significant breakthrough called DNA origami.
0: The gamma part is changing the way early-stage breast cancer
2: is treated. It's a super duper T-cell receptor. An early lab test confirmed it has the potential to kill most cancers. On old people. But
0: for many, the treatment we still rely on the most to fight off many cancers continues to be good old chemo. But what does chemo actually do to you? Today, we're going to bust some chemotherapy myths and find out the weird and wonderful things that it can do to and for you with cancer survivors and Dr Brad Mackay. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. It's estimated around 150,000 of us Aussies would have been diagnosed with some form of cancer this past year. Some will be a quick fix appointment with a surgeon to cut it off and you're back in business. Others may require some heavier intervention. But while we see news headline after news headline about the latest breakthrough in cancer-busting treatment, the mainstayer in how we deal with the disease in whatever form it happens to manifest itself is Chemotherapy. Now, for those of us who've known someone who's undergone chemo treatment, you'd know they tend to fall off the radar for a while, returning when their treatment is done, for that round, or forever. But what's happening to them during that time? What do we really know about chemo that we haven't learnt from a movie or TV show? First up, let's bust some of the common myths surrounding chemotherapy treatment with former Embarrassing Bodies Australia doctor Brad Mackay. Dr Brad, is chemo the same drug for everyone?
2: There are so many different types of cancer and so many different types of chemotherapy or radiotherapy or surgery. There there are so many options available these days that it's certainly not one size fits all for cancer treatment. Everybody has a unique experience. Sometimes we will try different cancer treatments. They may fail and then we need to move on to different and and other drugs. Uh, But yeah, certainly it's uh, individualised for everybody these days.
0: What about the myth, and this is probably an extension of our TV and movie viewing ways, but... Chemo, everyone thinks it's delivered via IV, and you sit in a chair in a clinic somewhere hooked up until your chemo is done.
2: Some cancer treatments are definitely either intravenously, so having fluid put into a vein somewhere. If you're having lots and lots of treatment over a long time, they may put in like a port so that's where we can get access to a port, and it puts the cancer treatment right directly into the top part of the heart so it's easily distributed and doesn't destroy your veins and your elbow. But other people, like I have some patients who are on chemotherapy treatment and it's just a tablet a day that they're having. It's quite mild. They often don't get any signs effects from it. And they're certainly not sitting for hours on end having fluids put into their veins.
0: Well, that leads me directly into my next question. You said some of the side effects are mild. So everyone thinks that everyone vomits all the time when they're on chemo. Is that true?
2: Some are really, really likely to make you feel nauseated and vomit. So very common for people to either feel nauseated when the medication's going in. Often people feel nauseated about a week later. That seems to have this delayed response on, on your body. And then other people actually vomit before they're going in for chemotherapy. There's a Pavlovian response where we just sort of like think about having chemotherapy and that's enough to make us feel nauseated and even vomit in the car on the way in.
0: Is everyone on chemo immunosuppressed, you know, having to worry about catching every bug that comes their way?
2: This is why we're very concerned about making sure that everybody's vaccinated. So for some cancers, we will be destroying the immune system and really, really making you susceptible to getting different infections. So we want everybody around you to be vaccinated because you won't be able to fight off things like the flu or chickenpox or measles or these other weird and wonderful things that are floating around these days. But certainly blood cancers, so if we're talking about the white cells with lymphoma or leukemia, often people will have a lot of their cells killed off from the chemotherapy treatment. And especially if somebody's having a bone marrow transplant, we really need to wipe out all of their white cells and get rid of everything and then start afresh with uh, with a new lot of bone marrow that we give somebody. So uh, they are particularly susceptible.
0: Does everyone lose their hair?
2: We typically think about breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and also blood-borne cancers as well, so leukemia and lymphoma. All of the treatments there generally will cause hair loss. And again, it's not just on the scalp. People lose their eyebrows, their eyelashes, and hair from everywhere else. It stops the hair follicles from being able to function properly and being able to produce proper hair follicles for that time that people are on chemo.
0: Do all types of chemo make you sterile?
2: Certainly, breast cancer treatments typically and ovarian cancer treatments will often cause infertility problems, but also for leukemia and lymphoma, the chemotherapy treatments will often knock off people's fertility as well. Sometimes we have time, so we have time to prepare and plan. Some women will have their eggs harvested if we have the liberty of time, but in other cases, we just need to go in and give people treatment straight away.
0: So depending on what cancer you're being treated for and what chemo drug is being used, there can be lots of different side effects. But what are they? Michael was in his teens when he was diagnosed with leukaemia and underwent months of chemo and radio, treatment ending with a stem cell transplant. But during those long months of chemotherapy, he had to deal with some very strange side effects.
3: One of the chemos that I remember was called Dorna Robeson, and that was very well known for turning your urine bright red and it's literally the first pee you have after it goes through is bright red and it's, it looks exactly like blood. Uh, next one, we've got flushing the toilet twice after a poo purely because your poo is what's known as cytotoxic waste, which is extremely dangerous to other people. Unable to eat certain foods like salads, going out for meals, making sure every bit of your meat that you eat is cooked all the way through. So not having, having a steak medium rare is definitely off the table is anything raw or with the, the potential to actually sort of contain the germs it has to be cooked the whole way through, so you couldn't have runny egg yolk. You're so compromised immune system-wise that any sort of bug has the option to take hold of you. So when obviously we're going through a transplant, they keep you in like a filtered room because even the normal bugs in the air that we don't think about twice with a normal immune system can be extremely dangerous to someone who has a compromised immune system. The soles of my feet became extremely numb. I don't know if they're normal now. They feel normal to me, but I could have been just gotten used to the fact that they're numb. One of the big things that altered the taste of my foods and everything I ate, so things that I normally find extremely delicious, I was completely off. You take a bite into it and the taste would just be completely different, like someone's giving you a different set of taste buds from someone else. One of my side effects, I got induced diabetes. So for the length of the, the time that I was on that chemo, I'd had to act like I'd had type 1 diabetes, So which meant every six hours having to take blood, prick your finger, use that little swab thing to check how much glucose is in your blood. Lost heaps of weight. I lost about 20 kilos in the first two months of being on chemotherapy, which is they say you can only go one or two ways. You can either lose heaps of weight or put heaps of weight on. Which I did both. I lost heaps of weight in the first two months and I I sort of halfway through my treatment gained a heap of weight because some of the chemo's caused you to retain fluid.
0: While not related to the chemo, Michael says he also didn't realise what would happen to him when he got that stem cell transplant.
3: My transplant even changed my blood type. But yeah, I had to have all my vaccinations again. Every single one of them that I had over my 17 years of living.
0: Mel was heading towards 50 when she found out she had rectal cancer that had spread to her liver. Several surgeries, radio and chemo later, and she's currently cancer-free. But like Michael, chemo made life interesting.
1: I had one that was called oxaliplatin, which I actually was allergic to, and they persisted with that a couple of times. So I had a really bad dystonic reaction to it when I first had it. Basically, your body's just going, do not give me that. I cannot cope. For me, it it made my heart race to the point that it was dangerous. You feel like you're getting hives on the inside of your body. My tongue swelled up, um, found it difficult to breathe, that sort of stuff cancer cravings. I crave two things. One was oranges and the other was, you know, Cheetos and twisties, you know, that cheese powder. I crave that. <laughs> I'm basically preservative free in my diet. So that was an odd thing for me to crave. For me, the thing has been afterwards, a girlfriend of mine and I have gone through the same drugs and both of us now have problems with our nerves in our legs and our feet she does in her hands as well. And that was that oxaliplatin drug. My left foot doesn't work properly sometimes. So I have a bit of a limp and it cramps and I can't feel it. It has pins and needles in it. Sometimes my fingers have pins and needles in them and I can't quite work them properly. They don't do what I want them to do. And that's a direct result of that chemotherapy drug. I know that you've talked about people disappearing when they have chemotherapy and it's because they literally can't function. That is why. So that is why they're not out and about in the community because it strips you just to nothing. Like you just lie there with absolutely no energy. I couldn't lift my head. You lose your appetite completely. You just could not care less about food. Yeah, it's quite a difficult thing to go through. I was determined to heal myself. So I was doing everything. I was using the drugs that my doctors were recommending and also using a lot of positive thought and natural products and things like that too. So I sort of like pulled everything into my little kit of getting rid of the cancer and it it worked. Now, while
0: both Mel and Michael say that this was the toughest time of their lives, both say to anyone facing chemo parts right now that it was absolutely worth the fight.
3: The whole big thing for me was that, and it's what I do with with everything pretty much still now, is that I try and laugh about it as much as I can. You just have that end goal in mind. And yeah, some days it does feel like an endless journey, but there's days where you get good results and you feel good. You think, okay, I'm on the right track. You have a bit of times where you break down. As you do it, it's, it's a tough experience, but it's what you've got to do. And it's like, okay, all right, let's do it. Let's get through it.
1: I had stage four cancer and my doctor, in my initial consultation when he was diagnosing me, said he didn't know what he was gonna do with me. He was stumped because it was like that bad. And I'm here today, I'm a cancer survivor and you can get through this you have to be really determined to not allow the cancer to become a part of you it is not a part of you it's something that you have to deal with it's just another thing in your life and that's how i dealt with it right i have to deal with that it's another thing in my life but it is not me cancer is not me and i am not cancer i kept saying that to myself
0: talking about cancer can be a bit confronting but the numbers are looking better and better According to the Cancer Council, today, almost 7 out of 10 Australians will survive for at least 5 years after a cancer diagnosis. And in some cases, the survival rate's now as high as 90%. And in fact, Australia has the highest 5-year survival rate of nearly every cancer except for lung and ovarian. So while we may still be relying on chemo to get us through it, our chances of surviving cancer are higher than ever, breakthrough cure or not. Since this episode of The Quickie went to air earlier this year, Mel has found out that her cancer has returned in her liver. She's back on the chemo train and is again letting it break her down so she can build back up again. She's found this time around a little harder, with COVID-19 stopping her friends and family from visiting to pass on their strength and support. And she's had some more interesting side effects, including her skin peeling off from the top of her head to her waist and a blood clot in her lung. She's also had to quit her job this time around. But despite all this, she's looking forward to the day her doctors tell her she's beat it once again. We love you, Mel.
1: Mama Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation.